From GrowingFuturesRhodeIsland.org and the Rhode Island Nursery and Landscape Association, this is the Growing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Milligan, inviting you to grow your future. Please join me as I sit down with owner-operator of Kevin Baker Stonework. Kevin Baker is a world-renowned stonemason. His company specializes in the art of traditional New England stonework, and his projects aren't just about preserving a craft, but also building designs that last. I sat down with Kevin in Wickford, Rhode Island, near one of his current projects. This interview was conducted outside, so bear with me through the rough audio. You know, you can say your position, which you're the owner. Start by saying. All right, yeah, it's uh, Kevin Baker, and I'm the owner of Kevin Baker's Stonework. Kevin was so gracious to give me his time and explain his craft. We talk about his path to being an incredible stoneworker and much more. Let's hear what Kevin has to say. Can you talk a little bit about what traditional New England stonework is? Well, traditional New England stonework is based on European influence of when they came here originally and settled in New England, and they brought their traditions with them, and that kind of was developed by New Englanders over the years into, you know, a tradition that we have now that really nobody else in the country has. And I think when most people think of traditional New England stonework, they think of stone walls, dry stone walls, of which we do a lot, but we also do a lot more technical stonework as well. But we try to base most of it on traditional New England stonework. So what is technical stonework? Technical stonework is more exacting than just doing stone walls. Like we get involved in a lot of structural stonework where we're doing actual buildings. You know, things have to be very precise. You're not just uh, laying one stone on top of the other where you have a lot of um, leeway. Where technical stonework, you're following usually an architect's plan and it's a lot of times down to the 16th of an inch. So it's buildings, swimming pools, just things of that sort. So can you tell me how you started in stonework? My path to stonework goes back a long way. <laughs> That's okay. But my first interest was, you know, working with my father who did stonework and a lot of landscaping as kind of a side job and a passion and a hobby. So uh, that was when I was 10 years old. And then that kind of led to, you know, other jobs that I had in high school, like working at a golf course and then from there very interested in working in the whole landscape industry but I didn't know exactly where or how or what uh, aspect of that. I ended up at Oregon State University and then at URI and it was before URI had a landscape architecture program which I was really more interested in and so therefore I was a plant science major, uh, resource development and uh, uh, from there I just kind of uh, ended up moving to the west coast for a while and working in the landscape industry and doing a lot of stonework for different companies and then moved back to New England and worked again for a couple of landscape contractors for a year or two doing a lot, lot more stonework and then decided I guess to open my own company at that point which was in the early 1980s I guess. Wow. So what it sounds like you had like some interest in both landscaping so what 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 made you decide on the masonry part? Like what made you? Um, I was I did I had an, an interest in my original business plan was to do both I guess although I didn't even have a business plan. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, 
and I was doing both. You know, we do plantings as well as uh, hardscaping, and then we do some stone walls and some patios and some brick walks. And then I just started realizing that I was much more interested in the stonework aspect of it, and, and had uh, and decided to just kind of um, forego the plant softscape aspect of it and try to um, you know figure out the stonework a little bit more and just concentrate all my energy on doing the stonework. So how did you study it? Like what like what did you do? Well, I basically studied it by you know reading as much as I could about it you know, Japanese stonework in England, traveling a little bit, and then just kind of observing. That's that's how I would say I've learned most of what I have about stone, is just observing stonework, both in New England and all, you know, in Europe or whatever. So, so did you ever have a mentor that, like, took you under their wing? Or? I can't say that I did exactly. I worked for Alan Haskell years and years ago, and I would consider him, like, the closest thing I had to a mentor. But I never had anybody who actually taught me all the stoneworking skills. I pretty much was learned it along the way from just from just doing it and observing, you know, how it was done by looking at what I considered, like, existing, interesting or nice stonework, so. That's really amazing, actually. I feel like that must be really... You must have a pretty incredible brain to be able well, to Well, I, 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 I don't agree with that, but, uh, but, um, but I, you know, since then it's become a lot easier, I think, to, to learn it, you know, just with the internet and with, uh, I've since joined a group called the Stone Foundation, which is like an international group of stone workers in all aspects of stonework, uh, sculpture, stone lettering, as well as just general, you know, stone masonry and it's guys and women as well. Quite a few women in, are in the Stone Foundation. It's a fairly small organization, but it's, you know, 100 or 200 people. So I've learned a lot. They, they've, they have these symposiums uh, every year and you just kind of get together with a bunch of people and, you know, like-minded uh, people who just kind of exchange information and, and yeah. techniques and... Um, yeah. So what do you love about your job? Like, what do you love about the work that you're doing? I like actually the, you know, the rewarding aspect of working on a, say, a stone wall, like on a daily basis and just looking at it, at the process and looking at it as you're working on it. it. And then to me, like, you know, once it's done, it's kind of done and I'm on to something new, you know, and I just find that the most rewarding part to me is just as you're doing it, kind of observing it and just seeing how it's developing. So, and I like the physicality of stonework. I just, you know, I like the hard physical part of it as well. Because if, if you didn't like that, it would be a terrible fight, you know. Because it's it's yeah. it's it's a neat, it's a very it's a difficult to work with stone, as you can imagine, you know. I feel like that about working outside or like even this industry, like the hard work aspect of it is something that you need to like. And I, I, I do like it, too, because it feels like not only can you feel your body doing the work, but then you can see what you've done. Exactly, yeah. You know, you have this interface with your body and your mind when you're kind of doing something like that. But I think if you're not prepared to do, you know, fairly physical work, then it's definitely not a career choice, you know, right. particularly stonework. But at all aspects of, you know, landscaping, um, you know, unless you're totally into, like, the whole management aspect of it, which yeah. is a different thing. But if you're, you know, I like actually creating something with my hands and, uh, and actually working on something myself versus just, you know, designing it and then just walking away. Yeah, so you said that originally, I'm just going back to what you said earlier, in that you thought 
you know, you maybe wanted to do like landscape architecture, but it wasn't available. So now you just said this, do you feel like maybe that you're glad that you didn't go? Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm, I don't have any, I mean, certain days I have regrets about it, you know, like in the middle of the winter. And, uh, but other than that, I don't have any regrets about it. It was definitely it just kind of morphed into, uh, into what I'm doing, I guess. You know, I never really had this master plan that I was going to, you know, be building stone walls at my age or anything. But, you know, I'm not like a huge planner to begin with. So, so are you mentoring anyone? I've mentored a few people along the way. Um, and I've got a, a couple guys right now that one guy in particular who I feel I've been a mentor for, you know, and he's worked for me for 10 years and he's really incredibly talented and he, he just had an aptitude for stonework and he had a you know the drive to kind of to follow up on it and i've also taken him to a, a bunch of the stone foundation symposiums which you know we have all over the country and actually they have them in europe as well and um, i think that's been really helpful to uh actually realize like you know stonework isn't just something that for somebody who's you know not educated or not uh whatever you know you have uh, it's not just a uh, general labor, you know, it's actually can be a, something you can study and, uh, and take it as an art form rather than just digging trenches or something, you know. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the art form of it a little bit? There are two aspects of it that I look at anyway. So half of it is an art form and the other part is just the mechanics of it. So, and some people I think are really good at the mechanics of it. You know, they can lay up stone, but I think have it considered an, an art is uh, you have to just study it a little bit more and have a certain eye for it, maybe more appreciation for art itself. No, I mean, I've seen some of your work and it definitely looks like an art to me. I mean, it's... Yeah, I think if it's, if, if it's done right, stonework should, should be an art. You know, it should be something that's, that has a composition, a texture, uh, you know, a frame. It should be everything, you know, kind of rolled into one. So, yeah, it can be really beautiful, yeah. So let's talk about um, if you have a succession plan for your business. Again, I go back to this, this one particular guy that's worked for me for 10 or 12 years, and I would say that I basically intend to hand the business over to him. You know, whether it'll, it'll probably be a different version of the business. I think he's fully capable of running... Uh, of taking over the business and continuing it on, um, you know, it may evolve a little bit, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So it's. Can you tell me how did he come to work for you? Like, was that just by chance? Yeah, just by pure chance. Yeah, it happened. Just that's how I've, I've ended up getting a lot of employees in this business. I think that that happens a lot. I mean, I've had several, and obviously over the course of forty years, I've had lots of employees and I've had some that I thought were going to pan out and be like really and some haven't just moved on to different things or whatever um so what is it you said some some people have panned out and some haven't what are there particular qualities maybe in some of the people like do you see a similar like qualities in some I of the mean, people you, that you have, have to have like this uh well the more you know yeah like I said about the physical thing you have to not mind physical work obviously backbreaking work uh working in terrible conditions lots of times but you know on the other hand you get to work outside um and a lot of times it's beautiful and you know fantastic conditions we work in beautiful places uh you know 90 percent of the time don't just look at it as a 
uh, you know, a nine to five job and actually develop a passion for it. They've been the most successful, I think, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, from my viewpoint over the years. But, you know, if you look at it as just a nine to five job, you're coming in, it's grueling, you're laying stone all day long, then it's, it's not for you or it's not, you know, you're not going to be really developed in uh, your skills, I don't, I don't think as much, and, and, and take it to a next, to, to a next level. Do have most of your employees come on with experience, or do you find that a lot of people that start come just from Yeah, I've had a, a little bit of each. I've had some with experience and some without. So I think in some ways, if you've had experience and it's the wrong kind of experience, it's almost a detriment. You know, you've already developed like bad habits and um, it's hard to reteach somebody, you know, not that I'm the master, but it's hard to reteach re somebody like what your idea of like the best way to do things is, you know, and um, so um, sometimes that can be a detriment um, where if somebody comes with an open slate and an open mind, then I think that, um, and they've got a good aptitude and they're bright and willing. I think they're um, easier to kind of teach or to, or, or easier, it's easier for them to learn. Um, and also you just have to have a general aptitude for, um, like math skills, I find that um, math skills are huge in this in, in stonework. Uh, so if you don't have a an aptitude for that, it's really hard to to develop it. It's, uh, so I find that math skills are, are are huge, and just people skills. You know, as far as dealing with clients, as well as dealing with your people you're managing or the people you're working with. Um, so you know, it's just kind of a mixed bag of of everything I think that goes into it. Would you say that um, it's like a team effort or do you feel like... Absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely a team effort, I think. Um, in any aspect of, of doing a project, you know, we're basically working on a project and it's a team and everybody has a different skill set. So, you know, I try to take advantage of, uh, of those skill sets, but, you know, somebody who's maybe just mixing cement most of the day, well, if they do it really well and they're efficient at it, then they're just as valuable as the person who's, uh, you know, laying stones all day long. And, um, you know, they kind of keep the whole team supported. And um, so I appreciate they may never learn to be like a master stone builder, but, you know, maybe they've developed other skills that they can pick out the stones and, and give to that stone builder, um, you know, in an efficient way. So I think that, um, you know, you don't have to necessarily be, you know, great at every aspect, but... Uh, to, to get a team together, everybody with different skills, and then try to take advantage of those skills, everybody's strongest skills, and then put them in, you know, different roles is, I think, what builds a successful team. So. Yeah. I have a question. I did, like, a little bit of research um, before we came because mm -hmm. I just wanted to know who you were. And you had this quote on your website, and it kind of talks about, like, the history. And I'm wondering... Um, because to me, that's something like so beautiful. Like we talked right in the beginning about how New England has like this traditional stonework mm -hmm. that you don't really see. Like it's very unique to this area. Very unique to New England. Yeah, yeah. And I have seen that talk, like people talk about it from other areas who've yeah. like come to visit and said like, oh my gosh, these stone walls, you know, what, what's that all about? Can you talk a little bit about the history of like the stone wall in New England? Do yep. You... Um, so, you know, it's really mostly came from the Europeans, uh, different immigrant groups as they arrived in New England. You know, life was so brutal to begin with that uh, 
they just have a little parcel of land and they would basically clear that land. Um, and in clearing the land, they'd kind of want to get rid of the stone that was in the land so that they could cultivate it. So that's kind of how the how it developed. You know, you were just taking the stone out of the field as a utilitarian ordeal and stacking it on the, the borders of your field um, just to get it out of the soil so that you could cultivate it and plant your crops. And then it developed from there into, like, if you had, then you built your house and you decided to pen your animals in, then you had to build a, so if you were do, doing a wall around a field, really you just wanted to get the stones out of the field. You were stacking them on a linear wall, um, and that was uh, your motive there. Then if you decided you, you were going to build a little homestead, then you had to take it to the next level. You had to stack the stones and make sure that they were secure enough to hold in some uh, animals, be it sheep or uh, pigs or oxen or whatever. So you'd had to kind of learn to, to stack the stones a little better, um, a little more secure. And then you kind of decided, well, you know, that looks kind of nice. I think we'll put a stone wall in front of our, you know, when we build that next house, we'll build a stone wall in front of that and make it more of a uh, an architectural feature. So then, you know, walls develop that way. And, um, and, you know, along with that came people from Europe who had masonry skills already, and they were, you know, more capable of, of doing, you know, finer stonework. But, you know, the original stone walls that you see around fields just kind of developed from getting stones out of the fields. But then it became kind of more of a architectural feature and more, uh, more of an art form um, as it evolved into doing stonework around your your house or in or on your house or whatever do you feel like your work that you're doing like even now today that you're preserving a little bit of new england history oh yeah we always i always feel that way that um what we're building number one with stonework you know it should be built to last like most of our walls we figure are going to last a couple hundred years uh when we build them you know the way that we go go about building them and we base the principles in building them on the same principles that they were built going back like hundreds or thousands of years. So we're doing it really the same way that it's always been done. And, you know, trying to improve on it when we can along the way, so. What inspires you? It doesn't have to be, you know, related, just in life. Mm -hmm. What, where do you draw inspiration from? I would say more from like nature and art than than anything, pretty much, you know. I, um, I have a big interest in art, like, all types of art um, and architecture as well so and I think that translates into the work you know the work that you do I don't half of I, I don't really consider it work most of the time because I actually am interested in it and I enjoy it so it's not like it's a, a grueling day I mean the you know the difficult part of it is the day-to-day business stuff to me you know the actual work is enjoyable but the you know there are days where it's the, the day-to-day business aspects of it are client aspects of it can get a little bit tiring sometimes but the actual work and creative process of the work itself um, I I would never get tired of and so what would you say to a parent of a high school student who might be thinking about coming into you know masonry yeah I would say that you know from a financial point of view which is always a big concern for people that you could make a, a very, very good living doing it. And if you liked working outside, liked physical work, liked working with your hands, were creative, 
artistic, that it's a good outlet for, for that as well. So I think, you know, it can be considered a, a really good career, not just a temporary stepping stone on the way to something else that, um, you know, if you think of it as something you could develop, I mean, it takes years and years to perfect, but I think it's something that there's plenty of demand for New England, but I think really anywhere in the, in the world, you know, if you're a talented stoneworker, you can basically call your own shots and work just about anywhere and, you know, be, be assured of making a good living um, no matter what, so. I'd like to thank my guest and you. Thank you so much for joining me. To learn more, visit our website at growingfuturesri.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We hope you'll continue to join us on this journey because Growing Futures Rhode Island wants to help people launch careers that are both good for them and the land they care for. We love hearing your feedback, so reach out to us with questions, comments, and suggestions for future podcasts at growingfuturesri.org. That's growingfuturesri.org.